BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It is a Silver Linings edition of the HHC. Hornets falling to the visiting Milwaukee Bucks 105-96. to Drops the overall record to 7-16. and We'll take you through the tail of the tape, give you our Silver Linings, and talk about one stat column that really stood out in this one. As Charlotte made just five threes in the game. That was a season low, and it's been a problem for the team throughout the season. Hornets are near the bottom of the NBA in terms of three-point percentage and effect field goal percentage what has been missing for the Hornets from deep we'll talk about that here on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast helping me on all these topics he's my producer on the Hornets radio network as well as the producer of this fine podcast Rob Longo with us again Rob Hornets had been playing relatively well they'd won three straight at home three of their last four overall the lone blemish against Boston on the road in a game where the Hornets were without Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, and LaMelo Ball, and Boston's playing the best of anyone in the NBA. I don't think it's even that close. So that was going to be a tough one. Outside of that one, Charlotte had gone three for three, and yet even against the Milwaukee team that, due to themselves being on a back-to-back and trying to keep their best players as fresh as possible throughout, and some legitimate injuries as well. Giannis Antetokounmpo didn't play, Drew Holiday didn't play, Chris Middleton didn't play, but those that did still were able to wind their way to a 105-96 victory at the Hornets' expense. Your thoughts at the tail end of a somewhat disappointing loss for Charlotte? Yeah, certainly disappointing because the way you look at this, you look at that lineup and you see who is not playing for Milwaukee, and you're thinking, okay, the Hornets definitely got a shot here on a second night of a back-to-back and then just weren't able to hit 
the three ball at all. They had one of their best offensive performances just a night prior on Friday night against Washington, and then Saturday was certainly a letdown in that regard, so I don't know if it was tired legs or just an off night in general or what it was, but at the end of the day, Hornets go 5 of 24 from beyond the arc. When you shoot 21% from three, it's not going to get the job done, and then it wasn't much better from the rest of the field, 39% overall. The one thing that kept the Hornets into this game was the free throw shooting going 23 of 26 from the charity stripe, and then the fact that Milwaukee just decided to turn the ball over so much. The Bucks had 22 turnovers, resulted in 31 points for the Hornets. So those were the two statistical categories that were eye-popping that at least kept the Hornets in this one pretty close. And But other than that, I mean, anytime you only make five threes, I don't even look at the percentage, really. I just look at how many threes you end up making. I'm not saying that if you make 25 three-pointers, that's great because all you did was take three-pointers the whole game. But at the end of the day, you usually, especially in today's age in the NBA, you need to get around double digits to have a pretty good chance from beyond the arc to win the game. So that was the biggest thing that stood out to me in this one. And kind of the bench too. The bench only had 16 points. We saw them step up a lot on Friday and they just weren't able to replicate that. But overall, like we talked about, a little bit of a disappointing loss at the end of the day. But again, Hornets just martyred with injuries and there's not much more you could do about it. So you guys got to play those guys that are out there on the floor. Milwaukee did the same thing and no one's going to feel sorry for each team or the other, but it's the way the cookie crumbles, I suppose. And that brings me to a point that Coach Clifford said after the game, and that is with the volume of injuries the Hornets are dealing with, there's no game you can look at and say, well, they're shorthanded, so that means Charlotte should win. I think the media present that was talking to him was trying to say, well, hey, they didn't have Giannis Antetokounmpo and they didn't have Chris Middleton and they didn't have Drew Holiday, so therefore you should have won, right? And he's saying, well, look at our bench. LaMelo's sitting there in street clothes. Gordon's sitting there in street clothes. We're hurt, too. And we've been hurt all season long. It's not a one-off for the Hornets. This is every single night. And that just basically means that we're 23 three games into the season now, and there's not really one game you can look at and say, well, Charlotte had enough players that you could realistically say they should have won in a walkover. More often than not, they're dealing with two superstars absent, or three. The number of games where they've had two of their top three players available on the floor, 23 games into the season, it's eight. A third of the season, and we're more than a quarter of the way in, where Charlotte's had even two of their players available to them at that superstar status. So it's very hard to win this way. All that being said, Hornets were in it. They did a good job forcing turnovers. They did a good job getting to the foul line. They had a chance to win this thing with two minutes left, having only made five threes in the game. That's testament to how hard they're trying and how hard they're working out there and according to Kelly Oubre after the game a big part of the reason why there is still belief in that locker room that they can turn things around I'm very optimistic as is everybody else in the locker room that we're just being we're just getting started yeah we lost some games but we were in a lot of games you know we probably lost some by more than you know is normal of course but we're still learning we have younger guys who've never been in these positions who are getting an opportunity to come and spread their wings so uh, I feel like once we kind of get a game plan, get an identity, and stick to that each and every night consistently, we'll see the win column start to count up instead of uh, you know us being below 500. But it's coming, though. I have faith. Everybody has faith. Not to say that the Hornets are, or I'm predicting that the Hornets are going to rip off a championship run this year. I'd love it if that would happen. But, you know, you look back to last year for the Golden State Warriors. They had a lot of minutes for young players because Clay Thompson was still recovering from injury and had a lot of guys that were lottery picks learning on the fly. 
the year prior to that, they had everyone hurt seemingly. So a lot of minutes for young guys that eventually translated to more wins and them going on that big run. Again, I am not presuming that Charlotte is about to go on a championship run, but you do get great experience from being out there on the floor and, and learning through losses. And the Hornets have a lot of young players who, as of late, have gotten more minutes. And the team, hopefully, will be better for all that experience come the second half of the season. Charlotte takes the loss 105-96. to We will find the silver linings performances when we return here on the Hornets Hivecast. I could have gotten my hearing aids anywhere, but going to a doctor who could find a set that fit my lifestyle was a good idea. Music sounds as clear now as when I listen to it on cassette tapes. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offers a wide variety of hearing aids. With affordable pricing and credit options, our patients can find hearing care that is right for them. Hear like you once did. Call 704-295-3000 to schedule an appointment. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, they just make sense. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Hornets taking the L, 105-96, the final score against a basically equally shorthanded Milwaukee Bucks team. Hornets fall to 7-16 and in the process. It snaps a three-game home win streak. Charlotte still has won three of their last five. I would still argue that they've played, for the most part, better basketball, although last night just did not shoot it anywhere near well enough to get the win. Only 20% from beyond the arc, five made threes a season low, and just 39% from distance to put it into perspective, the Hornets are second worst in the NBA in field goal percentage and three-point percentage. And in both those categories, the Hornets were far short of even their season averages. So this was a particularly off night from the field. Milwaukee Bucks do enough to get the W. Still, though, we must find the silver linings. Rob Longo, your silver lining selection. So for my silver lining, I feel like I pick them almost every silver linings podcast, but I got to go with Mason Plumley. Plumley backs his way into Portis, goes up, gets the foul, and he gets it to drop. Mason Plumley really expanding his offensive repertoire over the last couple of nights has himself an and one opportunity. Another double-double for Mason. He ends up going last night for what was 13 points, 11 boards. Also had three assists sprinkled in there as well. Second consecutive double-double, his ninth overall this season. And, of course, with that double-double, we get half-off pizza today for your football viewing pleasure as well. So go ahead and get that depending on what time you're listening to this podcast. But Mason's just been a rock there in the middle, and he had a little bit of a tougher assignment there tonight against Brooke Lopez. I know Giannis didn't play, but Brooke Lopez looked really, really good. He was a three point threat the entire night he ends up going three for five from beyond the arc so Mason had to go out there and defend the perimeter a little bit he did a really good job he had a really big closeout towards the end of the game where he was all over Brooke Lopez and he was just running up and down the floor running some fast breaks out there as well looking pretty good handling the rock and at the end of the day he ended up being only one of two Hornets that were a positive in the plus minus he was a plus four when it was all said and done so Mason Plumley is and continues to be my silver lining during this streak because he's just that guy that has that veteran presence presence out there for this younger team. Can't argue with the pick. A second straight double-double for him. Also, he knocked down his only free throw. He's eight for his last ten at the charity stripe, getting more and more comfortable there. And, and as I said in the highlight, he's expanding his offensive game, and the team needs other avenues for offense. I don't think Mason Plumley is going to become a primary target, but I think that the team is finding ways to get him more involved, and he is putting more onus on himself to get more involved. Other things that he's doing well that are going to translate, whether or not the stars are out there, and that means hopefully when they do come out there he'll continue to be exceptional in these categories the offensive rebounding he's top 10 right now in the NBA averaging three plus offensive rebounds per game 
He had four last night in the loss, 13 points, 11 rebounds, his 98th career double-double and ninth of this season. My pick for a Silver Linings performer, you took one guy who was a positive in the plus-minus, I'll take the other. Give me Kelly Oubre. Hornets trailing by two. Gets it down to P.J. Washington. Lob back to Kelly Oubre Jr. Will fire for three, and he hits it. Kelly Oubre Jr.'s first field goal of the game is a Lowe's drilling three-point shot. And the Hornets have their first lead of the night. They're up 16-15. to 15. There's a lot of scorers in the NBA who, if they're on, they're, as you like to say, incandescent. They're unstoppable at times. Then there's guys who are such great scorers that even when what they normally like to go to is not working, they can still find ways to get to the to the basket, get in the scorebook, and make things happen. I think that's something that Kelly Oubre showed in spades last night. He had five points at halftime of last night's game. He was not shooting or playing particularly well. When you look at the box score at the end of the night, four for 14 from the floor, one for five from three. Those are not the numbers you expect from a guy who ends up posting 20, but he finds a way to do it by getting to the line 12 times. Oddity of the stats, and I love these, but his career high for made free throws in a game was 12. He did that against Milwaukee in March of 2019 with a previous employer. He went 11 for 12. He was one off the mark. He he needed that last free throw that he missed. Started the game 11 for 11. Didn't quite get there, but I thought he showed all the different facets of his offensive game, and, and he's someone who previously has shot really well from three for the Hornets. Last season, he was a 34% three-point shooter. This year, he's been a 31% three-point shooter, and a lot of that has to do with the added pressure put on his shoulders with defenses being able basically to focus on him because LaMelo's not on the floor and Gordon's not on the floor and oftentimes Terry's not on the floor either. Kelly Bray Jr. has played in all 23 games so far, so he's been consistent finding ways to score even when he's drawn more of the defense's focus. So I'm picking him as my silver linings performer. One other statistical oddity, and last chance I get to say it, but it was our Chick-fil-A nugget last night. Had the Hornets won, it would have been career win number 300 for Steve Clifford and it would have been career loss number 300 for Mike Budenholzer. You just had to get that out there one more time to make it worthwhile for whatever rabbit hole you fell down to find that one i'm just saying what what are the odds i didn't i didn't look up when's the last time someone had a a hundred you know round number win while the opponent's coach had a hundred round i would have called you crazy if you did that do you think it could have happened we do have 24 hours to look it up. You, that's all you, buddy. <sighs> that ain't me. I ain't doing it. We'll get a, an assistant producer to look this one up. There you go. Hornets, get an intern. Hornets fall 105 to 96. Our silver lining selections, Mason Plumley and Kelly Oubre Jr. Coming up next, it was an off-shooting night from distance. Hornets a season low. Five made threes. Unfortunately, it's become a somewhat common refrain, a rough three-point shooting night. We'll talk about the three-point shooting in general for the Hornets when we return here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC Silver Linings Edition. Hornets fall to 7-16 and 16 on the season with a 105-96 to 96 loss. One ultimate silver lining here 
for the Hornets, Rob Longo, is that despite all these losses, despite all these injuries, Charlotte is still just four games out of a top 10 position. They're still roughly six games out of a top six position. This is not some insurmountable deficit with just under 60 games remaining on the slate. This is certainly something the Hornets can turn around, and unlike a lot of other teams that are in their general vicinity in the standings, Charlotte, the reason they're losing is clear. They have so many injuries, it's hard to overcome this. You can't say the same thing about the Miami Heat or you know several other teams that are currently under the standard that you would typically expect them to be at at this stage of the season. All that said, when you get on the floor for any individual game, players go out there confident that they can find a way to get a victory, and it's their responsibility to do so. They're paid professionals after all. One stat that has been somewhat surprisingly off for the Hornets has been three-point shooting. Hornets near the bottom of the NBA right around 32-31% three-point shooting on the season and it's something that really was an issue last night against the Milwaukee Bucks Bucks shot 37% from deep, 12 for 32 Hornets 5 for 24 20% from beyond the arc. Head coach Steve Clifford talked about the three-point shooting after the contest. Yeah, I mean and you know, it's just, it's hard to win when you're minus 7 on a three-point game 21 points, you know, so it's, uh, that was the biggest thing. Short, succinct quote, but it basically tells the tale, and this has unfortunately again been a common thing for the Hornets. You look at some of the, relatively speaking, healthier Hornets, uh, healthiest of the bunch is Kelly Oubre Jr. He's yet to miss a game. We'll all knock on wood right now because we don't want anyone else hurt here. Last season, in making close to a, a career high from threes, actually it was a career high, he sunk 191 threes last season, career best mark. He shot 34.5% from deep. This year, again, there's a reason for it. He's had added focus from the defense, but he's only shooting 31% from beyond the arc. Terry Rozier is not shooting anywhere close to a career low. His rookie year, he shot 22% from three, but take that one out, it would be a career low for him from distance. 30% from beyond the arc this season. LaMelo Ball is also shooting a career low from three. Granted, he hasn't played very many games, and that is also an issue. He's been a very good three-point shooter over the course of his young career. Not this year, and not being available at all, that has an impact on things as well. Another one, P.J. Washington, clearly had a rough shooting night last night. Still found ways to contribute. Despite going 0 for 13, he had three blocks, he had three steals, he had eight rebounds, he had a team-high five assists. He did things out there to try and impact winning, even though obviously it was an unfortunately timed poor shooting night. But he, too, is shooting a career low from three, right around 34% on the season. So this is something that has been in the past a relative strength, but so far this season, Rob Longo, far from it. They're nearer at the bottom in whatever way you slice the three-point shooting category across the NBA. I kind of alluded to it in our first segment, and the thing I take a look at the most is, as a team, how many three-pointers did you hit in a game? And again, I don't really look at the percentage a whole lot because that can fluctuate so much on a game-by-game basis. But if you get to that double-digit mark, your odds are a little bit better more oftentimes than not. And so far this season, the Hornets have gone in nine games with just single-digit three-pointers. That is already more than they had last year. Charlotte had three-pointers in the single digits seven times last year, so they've already exceeded that in that regard, and that's a little bit of a problem. Obviously, you know, the team is not winning games because of that. That's part of the reason why they're not winning is because they're just so inconsistent with the three-ball, but at the end of the day, you just need to find some sort of continuity. It just seems like it's almost contagious. When one person doesn't make it, everybody else kind of falls in line. It just seems like it's one of those things that it's almost like a mental thing a little bit because because one person might struggle and then the next person in line might struggle. There's not that one guy that can step in right now, of course, because of all the injuries. There's not that one person that can come in and step up and say, 
all right, this person's having a bad shooting day. Yesterday, not to pick on him, it was P.J. Washington. It's not a case where Terry Rozier is going to step in and say, I'm going to carry the load here from beyond the arc. He certainly carried the scoring load overall because he had a game-high 26 points. But at the end of the day, it needs to be that collective effort just to lift everybody up around him. And a lot of it, too, is shot selection. I mean, there are some times where it seems like the Hornets are down maybe multiple baskets and are trying to kind of get it back. They're trying to get that 10-point bucket in one possession and they just kind of throw up maybe not the greatest look in the world from beyond the arc and then it just kind of is a snowball effect from there. So there's a lot of things that go into it. I'm sure it's something that the team is obviously working on, but at the end of the day, it's definitely a problem. It certainly has been all season. You referenced last year, the team was a pretty good three-point shooting team, upper half of the NBA. They had 30 occasions where they made 15 or more threes They won 23 of those games. So far this season, the year's best three-point shooting effort has been 14 made threes, and they happen to have lost all four of those games where they made their season high of 14 threes. So 15, clearly a magic number and one that the Hornets have not hit yet this season. A couple of silver linings in terms of this specific stat. Number one, it's a common refrain here, but we got to keep harping on it. The Hornets are not healthy, and it's not just good shooters in LaMelo Ball, who has missed what, 20 out of 23 games now? Or Gordon Hayward, who has missed at this stage 12 now out of 23 games. He's missed more than half of the season. It's not just good shooters who have been out a lot, but they're also your top playmakers, the guys that get a lot of the attention from the defense and open up better opportunities for the rest of the offense. So that's silver lining number one. Silver lining number two, I'm a big believer in the law of averages, and things do tend to even out over the course of an 82-game season. And for whatever reason, the Hornets have had no luck so far this year. But you look at last season, they were a 36% three-point shooting team. So far this year, they've been a 32% three-point shooting team. I think that means, for the most part, they're going to be closer to 40% than 30%. Certainly a far cry from the 20% they were last night in the loss to the Milwaukee Bucks for the remainder of the schedule. Well, and at the end of the day, too, a lot of this has to go in with health, too, once you get your better three-point shooters back. Like... LaMelo Ball. Cody Martin at the beginning of the season last year was around 50% from three-point land. He was the leader in a clubhouse in the entire association for three-point percentage. So he's a guy that might not take a ton of threes, but he's one that can bury him down. So once those guys come back, the sky is certainly the limit, and that's going to really elevate that law of averages, I think. For the moment, Hornets 7 and 16. Again, glass half full. Only four games out of a top 10 position, only six games away from the top six. It can turn around in a hurry, and hopefully that will start tomorrow when the Hornets welcome in the Los Angeles Clippers. Tomorrow we'll have our game preview podcast for you. Till then, Rob Longo, thanks as always for joining me here on the HHC. Pleasure as always. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.